The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Faces, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, we are recording this at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and we just watched the draft lottery go down. So congratulations to Orlando for the number one overall pick. What, Thunder 2, and who won 3? I believe the Rockets are three and the Rockets Kings are, are three. four. Yeah. Okay. So. so, Chris, you get if you're Orlando, you're taking number one. Who you got? Who you taking uh, number one in the draft? Me, because I would love the money. And then if I can't, if I don't, uh, if you're not exhaust, allowed to pick yourself, yeah. If I if I'm not exhausting my eligibility, I would yeah. take Chet Chet Holmgren just because I think he has the most star potential of him. And we were talking about this before, like. You got your point guard of the future in Jalen Suggs. You've got your shooting guard or your wing of the future in Franz Wagner. Now you can get your power forward center of the future in Chet Holmgren. Probably not letting him uh, at 145 pounds soaking wet um, makes I mean, Tristan McKenzie look like a, uh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, he's, yeah. It's unfortunate too because like with his the way his face is not to say he's not like a bad looking guy or anything but he gives you Derek Zoolander vibes because of the fact that he appears mm-hmm. to be doing the uh the steel look uh blue at steel, all baby. times yeah. yeah he just definitely has a blue steel look to about him I mean I would consider Jabari Smith I would consider Paulo Banchero but like you only get so few mm-hmm. shots of actually getting a star player in the NBA I'd probably just go with that guy well I like the idea of pairing him with Former, well, was the were they technically they weren't technically teammates, they're just a love, but they were high school teammates. They did, they what, yeah, they were high school teammates. There you go, yeah. And then also, I appreciate pairing Holmgren with Wagner because boy, that is just some wiry guys out there just just doing threes and doing their thing. Uh, that was fitting quite nicely in Orlando. I dig that. Um, I might go Ben Chero first. I think he's got the highest floor of the group. Like, if you told me that at the end of the day, of the three of them. Banchero is the guy who's like a consistent, like third team, all NBA and none of the other ones. Like I could be like, okay, I can understand that, but I don't think you can really go wrong with all three. I'm just still sitting here furious that my Knicks are still in the double digits. Yeah. Really hoping, honestly, there was like no change. There was barely any change to the lottery balls this year. So yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Did you happen to see? Of, what's the point of me not tanking if I'm going <laughs> to get 11th spot? There you go. Um, <laughs> did you happen to see the Paulo Banchero thing at the F1 race? 
I don't think I did. So this guy came up and he thought he was interviewing Patrick Mahomes, but it oh. turned out that he was interviewing uh, Paulo Banchero. And when he realized it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, the guy just kind of walked away from him. I yeah. think that's just going to unfortunately be my lasting memory. Paulo Banchero could become a 12 time all NBA first team player and win like four Larry O'Brien trophies. And what I'm going to remember is that time that someone interviewing him thought that that was Patrick Mahomes. I look, if that's the case, I look forward to that clip being played right before his Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> All right. So coming up on the show today, Chris and I are going to have a little name game out there. We are going to discuss a lot of players whose values have changed since the start of the year. And we're going to try and talk about them and figure out exactly where to value them now. We're going to play a little name game. If there's anyone out there, I know that I believe this is still, this is being live on Twitch. If you are watching this on Twitch, please write in anybody that you may or may not know their value anymore after a strong or weak first half of the year or first quarter of the year, I should say. Um, so let us know and we will happily talk about them. But we picked a pretty decent group of both pitchers and hitters that I think it's just very interesting to talk about. Like, where do we value them rest of the season after a very strong or very weak first quarter? But before we get to the name game, weekends are better. And yes, they are. Weekend mornings in particular are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. This week, catch the Cardinals and the Pirates in Pittsburgh, one of my favorite ballparks, on Sunday, May 22nd at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game and who wouldn't, download mm -hmm. the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Okay, so let's get over to the name game. Let's start with a player that I know we have discussed so much before the season, the big hyped guy entering the season. And as the first quarter of the year has not gone particularly to plan, and that's Bobby Wood Jr. for the Royals. So far this year, slashing just 211, 254, 366, three homers, 14 RBIs, 15 runs scored, and five stolen bases. For those in points leagues, that's good enough for 50, only 57 points so far through four plus weeks or five weeks, excuse me. 
So, Chris, as we talk about Bobby Witt, we know the pedigree. We know the expectations. I know full well you and I both believe long-term that this guy is going to absolutely own the league. No conversations to be had there. But if we are talking for just this year, and we've seen, unfortunately, in the last few years, rookies, top-notch rookies come up and not be able to quite hit the ground running. Bobby Witt seems to be falling into that. Chris, would you rather have rest of season Bobby Witt Jr. or – his preseason rookie of the year counterpart, Julio Rodriguez. Oh, that's a really tough one. We're starting uh, because, off with a banger here. Yeah, I will tell you right now that the only reason this is even a conversation is that one is an outfielder and one is a shortstop. If Julio Rodriguez was a shortstop, game over. It's very easy to pick between the two. But because Julio Rodriguez is an outfielder and you're playing in a league with three to five of them, and Bobby Witt Jr. is a shortstop and you're playing with one maybe two if you count the middle infield spot. I'm just going to give Witt the slightest of edges, and that's all due respect to Julio Rodriguez. One of the big things here is that I'm very uh, optimistic about what I saw from him in the series against Colorado. A couple of homers and a triple, starting to run a little bit more too. Sprint speed is in the 100th percentile. Starting to see a little better approach at the plate. Like his chase rate is among the very worst in baseball right now. Yep. And the good thing here is, is that he's a very good bad ball hitter. Like he is not whiffing very much. He's uh, well above average in that category, but he needs to start being a little more selective. And I'm starting to see that too. I think he's a guy who's really going to benefit from the fact that we're going to get this bouncy baseball going as well. I love Julio Rodriguez. I since that horrible start, He's been the Mariners' best player, basically, and is, you know, both of these guys just 21 years of age. I mean, having to choose between the two is very difficult, but just because one's a shortstop and one's an outfielder, I got to go with the shortstop. All right, take positional issues, take position aside. I mean, if we're going to say, if we're going to just, you know, I think a lot of teams right now have flexibility, especially from the outfield position, especially from the shortstop position, because there are so many of them. Like, if we were to take positionality aside, if we were going to say which 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 player has the better rest of season, who puts up the better stats, Julio or Bobby Witt? You've got Julio. I think I've got Julio just okay. because I'm seeing much more hard contact from him. I like his position in the lineup a little better than I like what Bobby Wood is going to do. So I think Julio Rodriguez has a better chance of driving in runs. It's like neck and neck, like yeah. six and one. I I never know how to finish that phrase, but it is very very close. I'm incredibly impressed by what Julio Rodriguez has done after that horrific start. And he's starting to get umpired a little better. I don't know if you saw, like Julio Rodriguez was just getting jobbed. Just absolutely robbed. It it was absolutely terrible to see what was going on. And he's starting to be a little more assertive. So he doesn't put him in the position to be taking advantage, not to say that umpires, it's a bad situation, robot umpires right now. But uh, I I think Rodriguez a little better long-term, um, but again, just because Bobby Wood is Jr. is the shortstop, if we're playing that part of the name game, I do that. Okay, I'm with you on that. Julio Rodriguez, I take Julio over Wit. Let's keep going with Wit. You taking Wit or Dansby Swanson? Wit. The problem with Dansby Swanson is DJ and I talked about it on the waiver sh- waiver wire show afterwards. Is the highs for Dansby Swanson mm-hmm. are extremely high, and the lows are so low, and the fact that Dansby Swanson is just not going to help you in the stolen base category. Bobby Witt or Glaber Torres, who's been heating up? Oh, that's a fun one. And I love that Glaber Torres is performing because a lot yeah, of people gave up on Glaber Torres, mm-hmm. and I just 
couldn't. Part of it is because I covered the guy as a prospect and saw the talent in his bat. Give me Witt again because of the stolen base thing, but I think that one's really, really, really close. I'm taking Torres over Witt here. Nice. Uh, let's go. I'm taking Witt over Swanson, though. I agree with you there. I just like the upside more. Uh, let's sure. keep it going. Let's go Witt or Javi Baez, who's also started off to a slow start with his new team. Witt. And again, it's a case here of the fact that I think they're going to put up similar batting averages. as Even with yep. Witt Jr. hitting like 214, I, I like his skill set just a little bit more from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think I'm taking Witt there too over Baez. A lot of swing and miss in Baez, but I feel like we know exactly who Baez is right now. Sure, I feel like Bobby Wood at least gives you the upside of just like he could be the better version of Baez that we saw in like 2017. Sure. Uh, let's go Bobby Witt or J.P. Crawford, your, your son. Pretty Witt, my, I, I love my son very much, but I'm going Bobby Witt Jr. just because of the fact that I have seen J.P. Crawford have runs like this. And again, it's similar to Dansby Swanson. Without the power, basically, he is driving the ball, ba- uh, the baseball, a lot more. But he doesn't steal bases. He's actually pretty bad at steal- stealing yeah. bases, despite decent speed. Give me what Junior there, fairly easily. But again, I love all of my sons. Yeah, give me Witt there as well. Uh, like the full real well-roundedness of him. Uh, and then let's finish this off. Bobby Wood Junior or Willie Adamez, having once again proven that last year was not a fluke. No. Um, if Willie Adamez is healthy, I think assuming, I might be going. Yes, we're going to yeah. assume health in this conversation. If assuming good health, I think I might go Adamez because I like where he's at in that Milwaukee lineup a little bit better. I think he's got a little better chance to hit for average and drive in some runs to make up for the fact that he's not going to contribute the same in the stolen base categories. But I, I, if I could do the the old N slash A for that one, because we don't know really what's going on with Adama's health, um, it makes it a little bit tougher. But consider if assuming it's either a short stinger on the IL or nothing at all, I, I think I'm probably going Adama's. Yeah, if it's if it's a ten day and it's and he's quick on the back end, like yeah, give me Adamas here. I, I am fully believing in Adamas moving forward. I think if the longer that people out there continue to undervalue him, great. Yeah. Like yeah. lap him up on your team because sure. he continues he continues. If you blind resume, he continues yep. to play as a top ten shortstop. Sure. Uh let's go over to Bobby Witt may have disappointed so far this year, but Taylor Ward certainly has not. No. Outfield for the Angels just doing work. Listen to this slash line, 385, 496. He's getting on base 50% of the time. And a yeah. 729 slugging with eight home runs, 22 RBIs, 25 runs, two triples, and a stolen base. That's good for 122 points. That is double Bobby Witt so far this year, 122 yeah. points in points leagues. So Taylor Ward making a name for himself out there. By the way, doing everything that Joe Adele was supposed to do, that – that slash line was supposed to be the Joe Adele slash line, and I've got it wrong. But let's talk about Taylor Ward. You want Taylor Ward or you want the other who's started off strong, cooled off ever so slightly, but Taylor Ward or Stephen Kwan moving forward? Taylor Ward, for sure. I like okay. the fact that he's hitting at the top of the lineup with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, the chance to drive him in, has power himself. There is a ton to like about Taylor Ward, yep. all due respect to Kwan. Uh, let's go Taylor Ward or Randy Rosarena, one of your faves. 
Ooh, that's a real tough one because Taylor Ward is not like he's a, a decent runner, you know, 84% sprints uh, guides, not slow by any stretch of the imaginations. I'll take a Rosarina just because he has that chance to win you a couple of weeks. I, Taylor Ward has probably done that already for you. I'm very skeptical about him keeping up a 1.214 OPS. And I do imagine some regression is coming. That's and I imagine fair, that's a fair yeah, bit of uh, and, there. Yeah. yeah. And then some ascension coming from a Rosarina <laughs> already seeing him hit the baseball a little bit better. I, I got to go with a Rosarina in that case. I'm going Ward on this one. I honestly, mm-hmm. I think a Rosarini, if you take away that postseason of a Rosarini, I think we have a different conversation about a Rosarini. Yes, he won rookie of the year last year, but he wasn't a rookie. So I almost, that's, that's a weird <laughs> thing to put in. But I, I, I just, I look at his, I mean, just bat. He does not hit the ball particularly hard. I am very alarmed over Randy Rosarini. Give me Taylor Ward over him. I think Taylor Ward has proven it. Uh, let's keep going with Taylor Ward or Brandon Nimmo. Taylor Ward, I, in part okay. because I think – so if you're playing in an on-base percentage league, I actually believe Brandon Nimmo is more likely to have a high on-base percentage than Taylor Ward, which is weird to say for a guy who's in like the 99th percentile in walks and it has the on-base percentage <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned. I just think Nimmo has a little better track record. I think you need to be cognizant of injuries, though. Brandon Nimmo has had some knocks in his career. I think I'll go Nimmo just slightly because I think he might – I don't know. Toss up. That's tight. That one's tight yeah, for me as yeah. well. I'm going yeah, Ward I'm over Nimmo just because I like the power that Ward can bring. And I'm not sure Nimmo is ever going to get up to that. I'm not sure if Ward can continue on this pace that he is, but I like, right. like the power more there. Again, only one stolen base from Ward. I expect that number to go up a little bit. He runs better than one stolen base. I still think he's got close to double digit steals in him. Let's go Taylor Ward. All right, let's up the ante here. If you like him more than a Rosarania, you like him almost as much as Nimmo. I mean, are you taking him over, let's say, Connor Joe? Yes, I think so, in part because I like uh, Taylor Ward's. Again, you can't overemphasize the fact that whether or not you believe in lineup protection or not, the fact to be driven in by Mike Trout yeah. and Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon, all due respect to the Rockies, who have a much better lineup than everybody uh, assumed, it's just a different level with the Angels. I have to go with Taylor Ward in that situation. Okay, so let's let's play at the top end of the Taylor Ward. Let's start putting a cap on him here. You taking Taylor Ward over any of Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger? You taking him over any of those guys? All with varying degrees of success so far this year. Uh, I don't think so. Like I think that's where he's in that next tier. Like those right, three guys I you to mentioned. Get a cap. Yeah, those, those three guys you mentioned, I think, are where I kind of draw the line. And again, it wouldn't shock me if Taylor Ward finished ahead of those guys just because, again, of that lineup proximity. By the way, real quick, Taylor Ward's profile changed more than I think any yeah. player I think I've ever seen. He was drafted as a defense first catcher who has become an offense first outfielder. I, I don't have much. But, no, I was watching. I was watching. Actually, I was watching the NBC Sunday morning game this past week and watching the highlights of Kenley Jansen playing catcher for, sure. for the, in the WBC was absolutely yeah. nuts to watch on that front yeah. too. For yeah. a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer as a as a reliever, <laughs> for him to go that spot. All right, cool. Let's stick in the outfield here and let's go with Seiya Suzuki. So mm-hmm. not. Taylor Ward, we're good with. Let's talk about Say Suzuki here a second. Obviously, the big Japanese import in this offseason. A lot of people who obviously did not watch him overseas 
came into this year with just reading articles, maybe watching some YouTube clips, a lot of questions. We are now a quarter of the way through the season. Let's have a conversation about him hitting 255 on the year with four homers, 16 RBIs, 14 runs scored, and a stolen base. Good enough for only 66 points so far in points leagues. Um, and that's surprising considering that first week or two of the season, he was hitting really well. So it's been a right. pretty alarming stop since. Uh, let's play a little game with Seiya Suzuki here. I know you've been really high on this player, but he has gone off to a very poor start of the year. You taking Seiya Suzuki or Brian Reynolds rest of the season? Suzuki, I think, because I th- it would really depend, honestly, on what you need help in with the category because – Brian Reynolds batting average is assuredly going to go up. Yeah, I can't say it can only go this, one direction. I uh, can't <laughs> say the same thing for Suzuki. Like, I think there is a chance that he is a 260 to 270 hitter. I also think there is a much better chance that Suzuki is going to help you in the power category agree. and in the stolen base category. I know he's only stolen the one base so far. One of the things I think you have to keep in mind is that both of these teams stink. Um, so it's not really like a huge benefit that one's on the Cubs or one's on the Pirates. I I think I would lean towards Reynolds because of the higher floor. But if you were going for ceiling, and again, if you were playing in it on base percentage league, uh, definitely Suzuki. If you're playing in a standard five by five, probably going Reynolds. I think I'm going Reynolds here too. I want to say Suzuki and I would, I would, a hundred percent say Reynolds if he didn't sign that minor contract extension at the beginning of the year, which just means that they don't have quite the need to trade him halfway yeah. through the season. Because right. I think we all baked in a certain level of value to Brian Reynolds at the start of the year. Like he's gonna move. And what he does, he's gonna move to a really good team, and that's the Brian Reynolds we want. Now I'm sure. not quite so sure if he's gonna get moved. So no. um I'm gonna say Brian Reynolds here, but it's close. I'm uh let's let's stick with say Suzuki here. Say Suzuki or Marcelo Zuna. Suzuki, much more likely to provide stolen base help. I think they're pretty similar in power type stuff. Uh, And also one of them is a person that I'm much more comfortable having on my roster. Perfectly fair. I'm going Suzuki here as well. Ozuna looks more like the Ozuna of past that we remember from 2019, 2020, but it still it still seems like something's off with him. He doesn't seem to be locked in at the plate yet. I'll give me Suzuki there as well. Um, sure. Say a Suzuki or Cattell Marte, who has gone off to a very poor start to the year. Yeah, but starting to really pick things up. I go yeah. Marte here, and I also think, you know, this was a player that could have been traded at the beginning of the year. I don't think it really matters with Marte. Wish he ran more. Just it, that that part has general. Yeah, I just, agree. Just, but um, a guy who's had. Two of the past three seasons, I believe, in a 900 OPS. I'm still a big believer in Marte. Got off to a horrible and somewhat unlucky start here. I, again, it's not an insult to Suzuki here, but I, I think I like Marte quite a bit the rest of the year. Yeah, give me Marte as well. A great buy low candidate right now. If any, if someone is still potentially uh, that buy low window is rapidly closing. If Marte has another good week in a row, so sure. uh, if there is one, go grab now because yeah. I think Marte is going to have a very nice second half of the year. Give me him. Uh, let's finish up. Say Suzuki with all right, Suzuki or JD Martinez. Martinez, and it's just because I think his like triple slash is going to be much more consistent than I think that Suzuki is. I mean, 
he's going to give you absolutely zero help on the bases whatsoever. I believe in that Boston lineup a lot more than I believe in that Chicago lineup, even though they have just struggled so much offensively. But it looks like they're starting to come around. Trevor Story is way too good to have these kind of numbers for much longer. Uh, I will go with Martinez with the caveat that if you are looking for any help whatsoever in stolen bases, then you have to look a little bit more Suzuki's way. But Martinez is just a more well-rounded player. All right, so if you told me Suzuki gets like seven stolen bases this year, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. I don't think I need to, I don't think the seven stolen bases is going to move me that much in terms of towards Suzuki versus Martinez. I, Martinez is yeah, pretty strong on this conversation. The, the thing with Suzuki, though, is, is that he has the speed and the base running acumen to run more. They just sure, haven't given him yeah. the opportunity to do that. I would not be shocked at all if Suzuki ended up being a, 12 to 15 stolen okay, base guy. That would change the With, conversation a little bit and, more. And that's, okay. I think as he gets more comfortable and more acclimated, you see a lot of young rookies, except for Julio Rodriguez, who just runs whenever the heck he wants to run. And whenever. God bless him for green doing light. it. Green uh, light, the, the green light of green <laughs> lights. Most rookies, you kind of see, we want you to get acclimated. We want you to get comfortable. And now you can sort of take advantage yeah. of that. I would imagine Suzuki runs a lot more in the second half of the season. All right, let's flip over to let's do Ty France. Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about your boy. You yelled at me all off season for not giving him enough respect, and you know what? <laughs> you were right because he's done absolutely phenomenal work so far this Real year. Real quick, the, what's that? The reason I yelled at you for Ty France is is because you liked him an awful lot last year, and you were seeming to bet double down on it, and then all of a sudden, you kind of changed your mind before the season The rankings starts. process is difficult. You had it to put a lot in the factor. Suddenly, one difficult. guy who's at 19, you start yeah. twiddling, and all of a sudden, yeah. he's at 27. And you're like, how'd sure. that happen? So yeah. <laughs> I, I will blame I will blame the ranking mindset on that more, because I do like Ty France. It was just more of a like... It- do I believe in him wholeheartedly, full-throatedly coming into this year? I didn't. You did. So far, you are absolutely right. 324, 401, 465 with five homers, 25 RBIs, 15 runs scored. Good enough for 114 points in points leagues. So let's talk Ty France. Let's do Ty France and Cattell Marte again. I'm going to go France, even though it's weird to say, because if you looked at the two and said one was more likely to provide power... You might go Ty France, I would, but I think just look at him. You'd say, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think Marte actually is the more likely candidate to give you those 25 or so home runs. So I'm going to go with Marte. It's very close because look, Ty France is really good. One of the things about Ty no, France that, that says getting, something, the fact that yeah. we're even talking about Ty yeah. France and Cattell Marte, those, because, were dra- these guys were drafted 115 point, 15 yes. spots apart from each other. And I didn't get it, especially with that second base eligibility. I just didn't understand why people weren't. I get that he doesn't provide any speed whatsoever. And next year, I think his draft value is going to drop um, even with the good year because of the fact that he's only going to have first base eligibility. eligibility. But it's the fact that he hits the ball so hard, but he's in the 93rd percentile in whiff percentage and the 98th percentile in strikeout percentage. Like he is one of the most difficult hitters to strike out and still provides a good average and slugging percentage. But I think Marte can put up a similar average with more power. So I'm going to go with Marte, but it's really close. Yeah, give me Marte, but this is to finish your saying before, 
six one, half dozen the other is the <laughs> phrase, by the way. That's, that's um, yeah, it's close, but Cattell Marte, I still think, takes it. Get, you taking Ty France or Jorge Polanco rest of the season? Ty France. And, and okay, it's nothing Ty, against. Nope, yeah. it's totally fine. Ty yeah. France or Whit Merrifield? Ty France. I, again, I'm super Seconded. scared about Whit Merrifield. Did have a good series in Colorado, but a lot of people have good series. In yeah, Colorado. that doesn't change anything. Uh, not for me yet. He's got to show more. Ty France or Marcus Simeon? Marcus Simeon. And we talked about this on the Sunday show. I just can't imagine that anybody in baseball is going to benefit more from the bouncy balls that are about to come. Marcus Simeon has as many home runs last time I checked as you and I. Yeah, That is going well. to change. With a, with a launch angle that he has in his swing, I think Ty for, uh, Marcus Simeon is going to be a big-time power producer and also provide about 10 to 12 more stolen bases than Ty France as well. Average is going to be a concern, but give me Marcus Simeon the rest of the season. Yeah, give me Simeon as well. Another buy-low candidate I'm, I'm I'm targeting right now. For just sure. Because especially if someone's going to hand him to me for 50 cents on what his draft day dollar was, yeah. like, I'm more than happy to take and, that. And, and real quick on that too, DJ and I talked about this on the Waiver Wire show. But one of the things you have to keep in mind is when you trade for a player like this who has been so horrible and it has no other option but regression to the better, yeah. you don't get any of those crappy stats that Marcus Simeon had when yes, you traded for that Yes, thank you. Guy. You get everything that Marcus Simeon is going to do going forward. Mm-hmm. So that is like a huge benefit to me. The fact that, look, if you do play in one of those weird leagues where everything transfers over – that's tough because you're taking on a really, really poor stat line. But 99.9% of the leagues that you're playing in, you're only going to be getting the stat mm-hmm. line that Marcus Simeon puts up the rest of the year. And it cannot possibly get any worse than what it's been so far. Beautifully put. Could not agree more. Ty France or Jazz Chisholm? Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> I think my good buddy RJ Anderson made a great point last week about the fact that the Marlins are utilizing Jazz Chisholm perfectly. He's yes. not playing against left-handed pitchers very much, and that gives him the best chance. Yes, it hurts a little bit because you're not going to get quite as many counting stats, but the quantity is going to be so much better with the quality when he's playing against right-handers. Um, and the fact that Jazz Chisholm is a lock to steal yeah. a, a good number of bases for Ty France is just... 30, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he, he really could be a 30-30 player. Someday, Jazz Chisholm could be a 40-40 player. I truly believe it. All right, let's finish off Ty France with Ty France or DJ LeMahieu. Uh, I'll go France in part because I worry about how much DJ LeMahieu is going to get playing time. Like, I, I just wonder if there's going to be... Uh, Ty France is going to be in the lineup every single day. Every single day, yeah. DJ LeMahieu may only be in the lineup four or five times in the week. And there are going to be times where he is not going to get the same amount of counting stats. I think DJ LeMahieu is going to provide a very nice average, and I think he's going to you know, put a, some decent run totals and stuff like that. Let's hop over to the mound here. Let's talk about uh, – we got a couple of good names here. Let's talk about Brandon Woodruff up front. I mean, mm-hmm. a guy who was universally drafted inside the top two rounds has been not good so far this year. Four and two record, which you like, but a 5.35 ERA, you do not. A 1.37 whip, 43 to 12 K walk ratio, only 64 points in points league so far for a guy who you were expecting to be 17 to eight, 17 to 20 points a game. He has 64 points now. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Woodruff. Let's talk about, we're going to have to talk about him. 
Woodruff or Alec Manoa? Alec Manoa. Uh, like I said, I am a huge believer in Alec Manoa going forward. So that is more the compliment. I was just looking at Brandon Woodruff real quick, and it was before we had agreed to uh, bring him up. Did you know Brandon Woodruff has one quality start? And again, that statistic is extremely flawed. Yeah, it's, but it it's just gives, goes to tell you that he again. is he is no. not getting deep into games and providing um, much run prevention while doing it. Like he did have a nice outing in his last outing, five innings of one run baseball. You'll certainly take that. But Brandon Woodruff is not. That's not what like you drafted. Same. That's not what you no, drafted. Uh, with five innings of one run ball. Like that's and, you, you know, you drafted seven innings of with with eight strikeouts. That's what you drafted. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you're getting from Alec Manoa. And again, I love the fact that Alec Manoa is going to get to pitch behind this Blue Jays lineup all year Amen compared to, to compared to a a Brewers team that is clearly the class of the NL Central. But you know, that's being. <laughs> that is not the compliment that some people would think that is. Um, I really, really like Brandon Woodruff the rest of the year, but give me Alec Manoa, man. I really think that this might be your 2022 Cy Young Award winner. For the record, Michael J. Allen out there, absolutely quality stars over wins because wins are garbage. Um, yeah. Let's talk name game. Brandon Woodruff, Justin Verlander, 39 years old, but looking Ugh. just as looking like we haven't missed him. Man, that's really really yeah. close it's really really close i've been so impressed with justin verlander's ability to miss bats so far and you know it's really just been like he's getting so deep into games too like he has a couple of games i believe where he's gone at least seven innings yes. where you're you're just not getting that from brandon woodruff i would probably go woodruff just because i think you will see some regression from verlander here but man, it's close. This is currently a top five pitcher in Yahoo leagues right now, yep. Justin Verlander. So number it's two, tough. number two in standard points leagues, Justin Jeez Verlander Louise. right now. That, Just shows you how ridiculous yeah. this has been. Yeah, yeah. But so, we're going. We're we're playing yeah. the pro, the projection game. So I'll go Woodruff, but. It's really close, and man, Justin Verlander, just to accept your Comeback Player of the Year award right now. Yeah, seriously. I'm going Woodruff here as well. Like you said, Verlander's gone deep into games, but he's gone deep into games in April and May. Yeah, Is he going to be able to have the in it after coming off of Tommy John, not pitching for a year plus? Like, Is he going to be able to be this effective come July, August, September, and be able to go as deep into games. I don't know if that's going and to be. They're going to manage his innings. They, you figure they have too. to manage his innings yeah. more, especially if they have not just AL West in their sights, but they have theoretically championship in their sights. So give me right. Woodruff there. I think you're going to get more bang for your buck. Brandon Woodruff or Max Fried? Woodruff. And, and again, I like if, if some of this would depend if you're going for upside or floor, but sure. I just think I, th I think Woodruff is going to be so much better for the rest of this season. And um, I, I like Max Freed, but I like Max Freed a lot more as a real life pitcher than a fantasy pitcher. So I got to go Woodruff. I think I agree with that more. Again, Brennan Woodruff, Woodruff was simply too good for the last like two, three seasons for me to suddenly yeah. take a, a, you know, five weeks and, and suddenly throw him into the dumpster. But someone who had a phenomenal last year, just like Woodruff, was in Cy Young consideration with him and is having an equally awful start to the season. Brandon Woodruff for Zach Wheeler rest of the season. Hoo boy. I'm going Woodruff. And I will tell you the reason I go who boy is I am concerned about Zach Wheeler. Me too. I, I think am, I'm, I'm starting. It's getting me yeah, nervous now. It's, I, and it's not so much about 
what I'm nervous about him is not being like a solid starting pitcher. It's the fact that you probably had to draft him at the end of the second round or the beginning of the third. I don't think you're getting that kind of production from him this year. I just don't. And I still believe in Woodruff enough based on what I've seen for the last couple of years. And don't get me wrong. Zach Wheeler has been really good for the last couple of years as well. I just believe in Woodruff uh, uh, more. And I would say that like, if, if you're looking to trade somebody high, I think Zach Wheeler is high, no pun intended, on that list. I'm not sure if you can trade Zach Wheeler high at this point just because of how rough he's been, but I agree with you. If you're telling me about players that I think you should try and trade, sure. yes, I think Zach Wheeler is absolutely on that list. Give me Woodruff as well over Wheeler. I Like you, I am worried about Zach Wheeler. It just it, it does not look like he has the touch this year. I, I genuinely worry there's a little something physically wrong with him just because this does not look like the same Zach Wheeler we saw the last two years, really since sure. putting on a Phillies uniform. This just not does not look like the same pitcher. Give me Woodruff. Um, also, Woodruff pitches in the NL Central. Wheeler in the NL hey, East. NL East. Like, give point. me Woodruff on that front as well. Sure. Uh, all right. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do Noah Syndergaard. I think that's a fun one because again, we're talking about people who we just did not really know how to value them at the start of the year. Now we're at least have an idea. Five plus weeks in. Uh, Syndergaard three and two with a three six ERA, a one point two three WHIP and a 22 to 8 K walk ratio only good for 56 points in points leagues. Let's talk Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, you take in Syndergaard or Luis Severino, which I think is an interesting one considering both coming off of major injury. Who Severino, I think just because I like his, the thing about Noah Syndergaard is he is pitched pretty well. And of course his numbers are skewed by just an awful start on yep. Monday night where he couldn't get out of the first inning and was hurt a little bit by his defense, but just didn't have that stuff as well as he's pitched. He's not missing many bats. 22 and strikeouts little, is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a little concerning to me. And again, I like Noah Syndergaard quite a bit, but I, if I'm, I uh, rest of the season, if I'm going, especially upside, I think I'm going with Severino. I agree. Sevy looks like he's got a little bit of, I mean, we really haven't seen him dominate on the mound for three years, but He's got the look of someone who of like 2018 Luis Severino more than anything else. I agree with right. you. Give me Sevi over Cindy um, for the rest of the season. How about Syndergaard versus teammate Patrick Sandoval? Sandoval. And I think, man, this is, this is again, a very mm-hmm. difficult one. Uh, just a little bit higher floor. Again, I'll, I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that Syndergaard is coming off the injuries as well. I'm not sure Patrick Sandoval is going to miss a ton of bats either, but I think he's a little bit more complete of a fantasy pitcher right now than Noah Syndergaard. Seconded. Patrick Sandoval also probably not on an innings limit like Syndergaard is going to be somewhere throughout this year. You're right. Shouldn't be. That doesn't mean anything. But the Angels are actually in contention for the first time in like a decade and a half. So Mm -hmm. um, you got to figure everybody gets a little more push out of them. So, yeah, give me Sandoval over Syndergaard as well. Uh, Let's talk about Syndergaard or Garrett Whitlock, one of your boys. Uh, I'm going with Syndergaard just because of the fact that Whitlock's role is still so much up in the air for me. Like You don't think he's the starter now in Boston? I do. Seems like they're giving him all the opportunity to do it. The, the problem, I think, though, is is that at some point when that bullpen implodes again, you're going to wonder if Garrett Whitlock is going Should to be necessary to move Ed that to that spot. And the fact that, look, Garrett Whitlock, I don't think he's ever going to get into that six-inning range. Uh, 
at stretch, least not anytime stretch soon. Out far enough. Yeah. Right. So, and I already forgot which pitcher we were talking about against. Uh, oh yeah. Syndergaard. Yeah. Because I think Syndergaard is just a little more likely to give me those six inning starts of two run baseball. Whereas I think Garrett Whitlock is going to give me a bunch of four inning starts where he doesn't give up any runs, but zero chance of me getting a win from those outings. So unless he is pitching behind an opener or unless he is pitching as the closer, I'll go with the guy who's more guaranteed to get deep enough to give me wins. Let's flip over to Kyle Wright now. Uh, has come off to a great start this year, three and two with a two seven nine ERA, one point one WHIP, and a fifty to thirteen K walk ratio. Good enough for one hundred and fourteen points in points leagues. Uh, let's do Kyle Wright, or let's uh, we got a right in here. How about Kyle Wright or Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, I hit the question right when he did it. That's what we call teamwork Perfect. makes the dream work. You like it. Oh boy. I'm going to go Kyle Wright because I am very nervous about Clayton Kershaw's injury and the fact that Clayton Kershaw has had a lot of more mileage on his arm. I, you know, outside of one really bad start for Kyle Wright and it happened to be, you know, um, one that was high profile. Cause I believe it was a nationally televised game. He's been yeah. excellent. Like, I don't know if you watched the Sunday boarding game, Kyle Wright was dominant mm-hmm. yes, for most did. of that start. And then just had some defensive, Defensive breakdowns that hurt the overall line. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, if he was 100% healthy, give me Clayton Kershaw. But the fact that you have to add in the injury concerns here, I got to go Kyle Wright. And it's a compliment to Wright, too, because Very much Kyle Wright has looked really, really good for most of this year. Yeah, Kyle Wright has looked the part. Kershaw's injuries makes me worried. Look, Kershaw looked really good before that. If you can find someone who wants to pay for for old school Kershaw, you can sure. you can trade him off for that. I, I have no problem with it because I do worry about that shoulder. I also worry about the Dodgers managing him with really kid gloves because they are looking for a World Series this year. Uh, let's talk Kyle Wright, or you know, let's talk about his his teammate Max Fried. Are you taking or is Kyle Wright jump Max Fried? He probably should because Kyle Wright is much more likely to miss bats than Max Freed is. And that's a huge part of what we're sure. doing. But I do, I do worry a little bit about the fact that I have seen Kyle Wright in his time. You know, it, it's, it's worth pointing out. He's still a young dude, uh, had great prospect pedigree, but there have been some blow up starts and I have not seen those from Max Freed. Yeah. So if you're looking for floor, I'm going for freight. If you're looking for upside, I'm going for right. If you got to combine the two, I actually think I'll probably go free just because of a little bit more safety. Yeah, I'm going free as well there. Longer track record. Um, I just feel safe. Like you said, it's a floor thing. I feel safer with him on the mound than Kyle Wright because Kyle Wright can get blown up. Max Freed sure. rarely does. Um, right. Give me Freed there as well. Um, Kyle Wright or bah, 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 how about you, Darvish? Uh, these are <laughs> difficult, man. This, and that's that, that's why we did this. Be, I was going to say, this is the point. This is the point. Um, give me Kyle Wright just because, uh, I don't know. Give me you, Darvish. Give me both of them. <laughs> I get to take both of them. It would honestly be a tie for me. Like uh, if I had, if I had, okay, to so take, we found the spot, we found the value. I, if I had to pick one, I guess I would go Darvish just because I think he's going to get a chance to face weaker lineups, I think. Um, and I think the fact that, I don't know, it's that's so tricky. Um, I, 
you know what? I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, uh, give me Corbin Burns over both. Okay. I can't wow. do it. Right, really, I can't. Really I hang can't. out on that, hang out on that limb all the way out there, buddy. <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. pick. It's so close. Who are you taking? I'm taking Darvish here, but like you said, I, I mean, I, I made these names up. So like, <sighs> I know full well that I, I was picking essentially vaguely around the value. I'm trying to find yours more than anything else, but I agree. I think I have Darvish over rights, but it's close. It's real close. Yeah. I look, I think the, I think one of the things that hurts Darvish is it looks like the Padres might go to like a nine man rotation. If their well, entire starting pitching that is, the thing, yeah. actually gets there. So like sure. maybe he loses a couple starts before now it's the end of the year, but I'll take the track record of Darvish over Kyle Wright. Uh, let's, let's, let's go to a closer here. Cause we haven't done a closer. Let's talk about okay. David Bednar. Okay. I mean, look, the pirates are the pirates, but David Bednar has been phenomenal. Uh, seven saves, four holds, a even one ERA, a 0.61 whip and a 25 to three K walk ratio. He has a hundred points in points leagues. Uh, just to remind everyone out there, uh, Brandon Woodruff has 64. The closer yeah. for the pirates has a hundred. So let's do David Bednar here. Look, it's tough to evaluate closers just because they're closers. A and B yeah. it's a closer for the pirates, which is already difficult, but Bednar deserves the respect to, to have this conversation. Are you taking Bednar over Camilo Duvall, who I know you were very high on? Yeah. And I'm still high on Camilo Duvall, but I think I might be taking Bednar for a couple of reasons. One so it's interesting that this has played out this way because we've coming into the season, it looked like David Bednar was for sure the closer of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. And then he wasn't the closer for the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. Four it holes, was, like I it said, was yeah. a very weird situation there where he wasn't. And I think that was partially a couple of things. One, it was the Pirates doing a little bit of the, hey, we want to be like what Seattle does and use higher leverage reliever or Tampa Bay, a great example of that. By the way, Brooks Raley with saves. Tampa Bay, you are the most befuddling franchise in the entire world. The, the, like, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, the New England Patriots of baseball, uh, they just don't they, care about fantasy whatsoever and they yeah. will do whatever they can. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the closer <laughs> yes. for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, but I think there was a little bit also of showing – competitive teams that, Hey, this guy can pitch in multiple roles. This guy can help you in multiple ways. And then when a trade didn't go down, they were like, okay, let's just go, go ahead and make this guy yeah. the closer. My concern with Duvall is the fact that I do believe Jacob McGee is going to eat into the save chances just a little bit. Um, it's a lot closer because I think San Francisco is going to win a ton more baseball games than the Pittsburgh pirates. And that gives you Ideally, more yes. save opportunities. <laughs> But David Bednar's bat missing ability is elite, and he's got a 0.61 whip as well. So I got to go with Bednar, but it's maybe a little closer than you'd think. Uh, let's let's hit some of these quick, just because we're running out of time here. Let's go. Sure. Bednar over either of the Barlows. You taking Bednar over both? Yep, I'm taking Bednar over right. both. Um, uh, you taking Bednar over Gallegos? Yeah, bat missing ability. Gotta I go agree, completely agree. Uh, we got Brenda Jones wrote in here. Um, so we'll throw this in here. You taking David Bednar, Danny Jimenez, or Johan Duran? I think I'm taking Duran just because I think it, I am part, too, of it, yeah. part of it is what league you play in. If you get holds and save, Johan Duran and um, Andres Munoz are two of the best options because they're going to give you both. They're going yeah. to give you those opportunities. Danny Jimenez is kind of far down on that list for me. I like him a lot, but you would have to be playing in a pretty deep league. Yeah, until Trevino goes somewhere else, uh, the, the, there's the, there's better closers out there. Give me Duran. Sure. I, I think Duran is 
going to be excellent. And when you're talking about someone who could take over the starting or the closing spot on a good team, sure. there's not many of them out there a quarter of the way through the year. If Duran is like, go grab now. Um, yeah. And we finally got, well, we got one last question here. We'll just kind of knock that out before we close. You take a Nick Lodolo or Luis Patino. I'm going right to you on this one. Nick Lodolo or Luis Patino for the rest of the season. Patino, probably. I, the health concerns are pretty concerning for both of them. I'll take the one that doesn't pitch for a team that's going to lose 183 games. I was literally going to say the exact same thing. I'm going to take <laughs> the one that pitches for a team that didn't throw a no-hitter and then lose the same game. So I'm going to go with that one. Uh, I'll just say real quick, though, Michael, I will take Shane Boz over both of those guys. Oh, seconded. Seconded on yeah. all of those fronts. Well, that just about finishes up our show for today. Uh, we that had a fun. good time. We had a good time doing the name game. Uh, you, we had some great comments come in. We will definitely do this again soon. Um, yeah. So if so, like I said, if our crooning makes you want to move your hips and tap your feet, make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Just don't play a name game with us hosts here at Edge. I wouldn't <laughs> want to embarrass my fellow podcast compatriots. While you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows and Q&As so you can join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites our own George Bissell onto the pod, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for the listen. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.